Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Praise the Lord. I uh, haven't been up here for three weeks. They just got tired of me preaching, so they got all these other guest speakers in. Praise the Lord. You know, I had a good joke this morning, but I was praying for the anointing, and I thought, well, should I go with the joke or the anointing? (laughs) I think I'll go with the anointing. Oh, you want to hear it? All right. I'll just do, well, I thought it was. This guy woke up uh, in the middle of the night, and his his wife had the pillow over his face just pressing down. And he said, I just thank God for my wife. She was trying to protect me during this (laughs) COVID-19 pandemic. I thought about that a little more later. I thought, you know, uh, my wife would do it not because of the COVID, because of the sounds that come forth out of my (laughs) innermost being. You know, I pray in the Spirit, and the Bible talks about groaning in the Spirit. I don't know if there's a snoring in the Spirit, but anyway, thank you. Jesus is not on the cross anymore. Hallelujah. He was there. When he was there, he purchased your freedom. He purchased your salvation. As Brianna was getting her word, I had a mini vision, a small, that means mini, not many as in many, but M-I-N-I, I guess. But what I saw was I saw someone in jail, and I saw them sleeping in jail, and I saw the uh, the jailer come and open the door, uh, unlock the door, open it up, and, and said it's wide open. He said, you're free to go. But then I saw the person just continue to sleep. And then I saw the person, was uh, once they woke up, they were afraid to go outside the door. And I believe that there's a lot of Christians that are afraid to walk in the liberty that Christ has given us. The Bible says in Galatians, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. You know, a lot of times we misquote the the scripture from John chapter 8. You know, uh, well, we just quote it like this. Well, the truth will set you free. The Bible doesn't say the truth shall set you free. The Bible says you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. To be set free is to open the door. But there's some of us that have been, that we've got the liberty of Christ, but we still have a jailer on the inside or a jailer that keeps talking to us, the enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, that tries to keep us in fear, that tries to keep us in anxiety, 
that tries to immobilize, not that tries to keep us immobile, tries to keep us from acting, tries to keep us from, uh, from doing what the Lord has called us to do. You know, the Lord just didn't save you so that you could listen to Christian music. The Lord didn't save you just so you could watch Christian TV. Man, I'm not getting any amens today. I, I did hear a squeak back there. The Lord saved you for more than just sitting around. The Lord saved you for more than just Holy Ghost goosebumps. I like more Holy Ghost goosebumps myself. I want more. Give me more. That's my prayer. More, Lord Jesus. More. More of your spirit. I was praying it for more anointing, Lord. Give me the anointing of the Holy Spirit. But the Lord just doesn't want to want to just give it to us. He wants to activate us once we get it. You say, well, give me a chapter and verse. I'm glad you asked. This isn't even my message, by the way. It says, it says in Ephesians chapter 2, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Aren't you glad you're saved by grace? Now, you know, uh, we've talked about this before, but um, some define grace as uh, God's unmerited favor or uh, God's riches at Christ's expense. But there's more to grace than that. There is a grace that is called, that God uses to pull you to him and to motivate you to do his will and purpose. You know what the rest of that verse, uh, you know what the next verse after by, for by grace are you saved is? Verse 10 says, For you are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that you should walk therein. In other words, God has preordained, he planned before the foundations of the world, works for you to do. Not for you to get saved, you're already saved. Not for you to get right with him, how many of you think the blood of Jesus was enough? How many of you think the name of Jesus is enough? All right, you're okay, you're in, you're with him. But you're not just in just to sit there. You're in so that you can bring forth the kingdom of God by hearing the voice of God, by doing what he's called you to do. Hallelujah. Man, there's no question about his love. I there you don't you know well I haven't been doing anything. No, but God don't love me anymore. No, he still loves you. You know my parents used to whip my rear, but that doesn't mean they didn't love me. Anybody else here get a whooping before? Yeah, we used to call them switchings. I tell you what, talk about dancing. I learned how to dance before the Lord a long time ago, <laughs> even before I was saved. Thank you, Jesus. Well, God, well, Jesus isn't on the uh, Jesus isn't on the cross anymore. 
He's paid for it. You're bought. You're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God. He isn't in the tomb anymore. We don't need to weep anymore. We don't need to cry anymore. We don't need to mourn anymore. He's risen from the dead. Hallelujah. He's ascended to the right hand of the Father. He's ever living to make intercession for you. And apparently, one of these days, he's going to come back. Hallelujah. He's coming back for those who love his appearing. Don't you just love it? I love, I would, you know, I wouldn't, it wouldn't offend me if he just came back today right now. I wouldn't even have to finish this message. That wouldn't offend me one bit. But you know, there's more people, apparently there's more people that he wants to bring into the kingdom of God. There are people that he wants to bring into the kingdom of God. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So apparently there is more that he has to bring in. Can you say amen? And he also has more of his kingdom to establish. You know, the devil hasn't won. The devil does not have the victory. The Bible says, you know, the early church, well, let me just say this. How many of you ever read your Bible? I mean, the book of Acts. Well, even the Old Testament. If you've read the book of Acts, you know, they were being persecuted. They were being persecuted. They persecuted Jesus. They were they persecuted the early church and it was it was the religious people and it was the government the roman government wanted to silence the christians why did they want to silence the christians because the christians preached another king every government eventually wants to get to the place where you are just dependent totally upon them. But I'll tell you what, I will never be dependent upon any government except for the government of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says the government shall be upon his shoulders and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Hallelujah. You know, you know empires usually last about 200 years. Did you know that? But hallelujah, we are not, uh, we're, in a, we're in a kingdom that will, that will not quit. Hallelujah. So the, the first thousand years of the church, the church preached a message called Christos Victor, which means Christ the victor. Tell your face that. Tell your face that Christ is the victor. Hallelujah. Christ is the victor. He's victor over hell. He's victor over death. He's victor over the grave. He's victor over Satan. He's victor over sickness. He's victor over depression. He's victor over demonic oppression. He is victor over anything that is trying to possess you and make you a slave to it. Thank you, Lord. Must be anointed. He must have answered my prayer. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
So, are you ready for the title of the message? (laughs) The title of the message is this, Staying Strong in Difficult Times. Staying strong in difficult times. You know, it's not a time to give up. It's not a time to put up the white flag. Anybody know what the white flag is? What is the white flag? Surrender. God's army doesn't surrender. God's army doesn't retreat. Hallelujah. And besides that, he's already won. Oh, but it's so bad. Well, you know what? When Jesus cast out a demon, a lot of times the person would, would, you know, the Bible, the King James said would tear. In other words, the devil threw a fit before he came out. Well, he might be throwing a fit because he's about ready to come out. Come on now. It's time to believe in the victory. It's time to tell our face that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, the reason, one, let me just give you several reasons why they persecuted the church. Why well, I already told you they refused to worship Caesar. They refused to be dependent upon Caesar. So the Roman government wanted to kill Christians because they wouldn't worship them. Hallelujah. They They were also persecuted because of economic reasons. You know, making idols was a big business. (laughs) Come on now. Making idols a big business. I don't know if it's still on anymore, but you know, the American Idol was a big production. A lot of money. I'm not just, because I used to like to watch American Idol. But you know what? When you get saved, you quit buying the idols. You quit quit worshiping the idols. You start worshiping a king who lives forever. You start worshiping a king that actually hears your prayers. You start worshiping a king that actually delivers you, sets you free, and puts you on the right path. You're not walking in darkness anymore. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that should show forth the praises of him. How about praising him then? How about lifting your voice? Well, if I had something to praise him about, I'd praise him. Well, you're here, aren't you? Would you well, aren't you glad you're here instead of the best hospital in town? You know, I had to go to the hospital there for a while. How many days was I in? What, seven, eight days? You know, they treated me nice. Treated me nice. They actually brought me three meals a day. And all I had to do was lay around. Lay around. Well, you know, sometimes we we just want to lay around. We just, you know, I used to say this, God forgive me. We just want to go with the flow. (laughs) A dead fish goes with the flow. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. And I'm not a fisherman, but I've been around the river long enough to know that a dead fish goes with the flow. Are you ready to, be, to come alive in Jesus? 
Amen. Well, Jesus said this. He said in John chapter 16, verse 33, he said, These signs are these things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. That in me you might have peace. You might have a peace. Whether hell's going on around you, you still have a peace on the inside. You heard this before. I'm sure most of you, but some of you might have not. Jesus was in the boat with 12 disciples in a storm asleep, fully at peace. The disciples were fearful and afraid that they were going to die, and they woke up Jesus and said, Jesus, don't you care that we are perishing? In other words, they're saying, Lord, don't you love us? How many of you have ever questioned God's love in the midst of your trouble? Nobody wants to answer that one, huh? Have you ever questioned God when you are in the midst of your trouble? In the midst of your trouble? Well, the disciples did. Lord, don't you care? We are perishing. And because he was in peace, he rose up and rebuked the wind and the sea and said, peace be still. And peace came, there was a great calm, great calm. I've been on the ocean, in the middle of the ocean. And I've seen fire and I've seen rain. I've seen sunny days that I thought would never end. I've seen lonely times when I could not, I've seen I've seen waves. I, ha- I used to have a picture on my phone. It was, a, it was a picture of a ship way up here on a wave. But it was taken from another ship that was way down here. But I've seen the sea as calm as glass. Not even a ripple. Those are the kind of seas I like. But you don't get those too often. But he said, these things I've spoken unto you that in me you may have peace. In other words, if you don't have peace, it's hard for you to not only survive the storm, but to do anything about the storm. God wants you, God is a partner with you. You are a co-laborer with him. And if he's trying to get you to do something and you are not doing it, then you are going to ride the storm a little longer. Uh, You know, uh, I've been a Christian since 1967, and I've heard it. I've heard a lot of stuff. But one of the things that irritates me more than anything is is God getting blamed for what the devil does. And God getting blamed for what we allowed. I got about three people on that one. We allow stuff. Hallelujah. But these things I've spoken unto me, you that in, that in me you might have peace, say in the world you'll have tribulation. In the world you shall have tribulation. Say it. Say it. Jesus said that. So are any of you surprised there's troubled times? In the world you'll have tribulation. What's the next, what's the next phrase? But be of good cheer. 
but be of good cheer. So what's the first thing you do to be strong in the midst of trouble? Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Well, what does it mean to be of good cheer? It says to put in good spirits. So if I'm not in good spirits, I can't call the pastor to say, Pastor, well, I do, I can call the pastor. And I'll say, okay, I'll get right with it. And then I have to start putting myself into good cheer. See, that's the problem. Oh, I, I started it. That's the problem with just staying home and just watching your favorite TV preacher. When you get in trouble, try to call him. But the, the upside of that is you got to get yourself. You got you to make yourself to be of good cheer. Just a thought. What does it mean to be, to be cheerful? That's why I told you, tell your face. You know, I learned something from Rebecca a long time ago. She was, she's very photogenic. And she said, uh, I, you know, we talked to her about it, and she, uh, she took great um, senior pictures. You know, and she said she stood in front of the mirror for hours practicing her smile. Practicing her smile. Well, some of you need to stand in front of the mirror and practice your be of good cheer. Come on now. Oh, that's all vanity. No, you might actually encourage somebody. You might actually encourage somebody that's depressed more than you are. You know what? If you would start helping people that are depressed, you probably would get out of your depression. I know. I live with, I live with you. Hallelujah. But um, praise the Lord. I'm going to probably have to preach this over. This might be a seminar before it's over with. But uh, I was, uh, I was, I always pray over my message, you know, and then God starts giving me stuff, more stuff. Because as I was going over, I say, oh, Lord, please, this ain't going to fly. <laughs> but then God starts speaking and it just, just works out. But there's a, a book called Joshua in the Old Testament. You know, Joshua and Ephesians are parallel. Joshua and Ephesians just run together. What is the book of Joshua about? It's about them going over, over the Jordan and taking the land. What is the book of, was, uh, in chapter 6 of Ephesians, we rest, well, it says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. So in other words, both books are talking about a battle. They were fighting a physical battle. We are fighting a spiritual battle, but our spiritual battle affects the natural. A lot of times because we are inactive, then the powers of darkness just can run rampant. 
I'm not blaming you. I actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to remind me to get to the last point, which is about 20 points away. Thank you, Jesus. But he says, notice in Joshua chapter 1, verse 6, Moses has died, and God says, Joshua, you're the man. And he knew that. He knew that because Moses had anointed him. Moses laid hands on him. The Spirit of God came on him. But you know, when you have responsibility for a couple of million people, it does kind of bring a little bit of a stress. How many of you, how many of it's a stretch just to take care of yourself? How many of it's a stretch to take care of a family? How many of it's a stretch to, you know, the more people you add, the more stress that can be involved. So he's got a couple of million people here. God says, you're in charge. You're going to take them across the Jordan and you're going to conquer the land. And one one encouraging word he said, in verse 3, every place that the sole of your foot will tread, I've given you as I said to Moses. Verse 6, I want you to notice the repeat of this phrase. Be strong and of good courage. For For to this people you shall divide an inheritance. You know what I'm telling you about the inheritance of the Lord that God has provided for you through the Lord Jesus Christ. You are not here just to just to whine and cry and say, oh, God, do something. God said, I'm waiting on you. Yeah. It's not like this. This isn't the first time you've heard this, is it? Thank you, Lord. Verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous. Verse 8, so how do I get courageous? This book of the law shall not depart from out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. Hallelujah. Wouldn't you like some success every now and then? We've got to look at the word, meditate on the word, speak the word, and then we've got to do the word because James said, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. You know, it's one thing to have the devil deceive you, but it's another thing to deceive yourself. I have a phrase I like to use. I don't use it very often. Well, on the Carol Burnett show, anybody remember the Carol Burnett show? That late, that Vicky, somebody said, what'd she say? Wake up and smell the coffee. Wake up and smell the coffee. I used to like to say, wake up to reality. You know, wake up. We've got a God who loves us, a God who's victorious, a God who is Christos Victor that wants us to preach Christ the victor. And we've got a devil who is defeated. 
and He is under our feet, and in the name of Jesus, we put Him there. Anybody ever heard of the name of Jesus? How about these signs shall follow them that believe in my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, I will not hurt them. They, in the name of Jesus, shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. If you're inactive, it won't happen. It's amazing. The more you try to pray for the sick, it seems like the more that gets healed. You say, well, pastor, I pray for people. They didn't get healed. I prayed for people and they died the next day. And they were getting released from the hospital with a clean bill of health. Well, that threw me for a loop. How many of you think people wanted me to pray for them? But I made a vow to God. You know, the Bible says that you better pay your vows. I made a vow to God, and I said, Lord, I don't care what happens. I don't care if all these other preachers fall away. I said, I am going to preach the word. I'm going to preach the word. And the Bible says that the believers are to pray for the sick. I prayed for people, and they didn't get better, but I prayed for people that virtually came back from the dead. I prayed for people that, uh, that had metal in their joints, and their, and their joints, not this joint, this joint. You got to define stuff, because some people, you just say a word and they start drifting. But anyway, the guy's had messed up his ankle real bad. He had a plate with screws, and he could not bend his ankle. To make a long story short, we prayed for it about 10 times. Well, that wasn't faith. You're only supposed to pray for it once. It got better each time I prayed, 10% better. That's how I know I prayed 10 times. And by the end of that, he was pain-free and he was moving that immobile joint. And he said he was, he was jumping up and down. Like, he's like a, I'm going to say 250 guy. You know, 250 guys that had a plate in their, in their ankle, you don't think they should be doing this. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, man, don't re-hurt it. <laughs> He said, I'm going to go play soccer the next day. Well, how can you do that with an immobile joint? Because in the name of Jesus, Jesus removed, I don't know what he did with it. I don't know. I don't care. I just know he got healed. Again, he said, be of good cheer. The reason Jesus said to be of good cheer is because you are inactive, you are, you are sedentary when you are in fear. You are inactive, you are sedentary when you are in depression. 
When you are in, when when you do not have the joy of the Lord that is your strength, you will withdraw from what God has for you to do. You will withdraw. So Jesus said to be of good cheer. He didn't say I'm going to make you happy. Don't worry. Be happy. But even at that, you have to be happy. You have to be of good cheer. Be it. I like what he said in John chapter 14, let not your heart be troubled. Wow. And that's after Jesus just told him. Peter says, Lord, if everybody else leaves you, I'm with you. He said, Peter, you're going to deny me three times tonight. But be of good cheer. These things I spoke, be of good cheer. Thank you, Lord. Let me get to the, let me get to the finish. Thank you, Lord. Because some of you might need this. Anybody ever felt like you failed God? You don't have to raise your hands. Because if you've done anything for God, you probably failed God because you tried to do it in your own strength. Anything we do in our own strength without the power of the Holy Spirit is not going to endure very long. That's why, uh, that's why the apostle was talking about the wood, hay, and the stubble that would be burned in the fire, and the, uh, the gold and the precious stones and all that stuff that would endure the fire. Hallelujah. But in Luke chapter, I, you know, this scripture used to bother me. Are there any scriptures that ever bother you? This scripture used to bother me. In Luke, uh, Luke chapter 22, verse 31, Jesus said, and the Lord said to Simon, 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 Behold, Satan has desired to have you. Another, uh, another uh, gospel says, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. My mom used to sift flour. Yeah, it looked kind of neat to me. But what if you're the flour? Well, the flour's already, the flour's already been through it. You know, it's got the husk knocked off. It's been crushed. And then it's thrown in a bag. And then has to wait for you to come pick it up. So Jesus said, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. Satan has desired to have you. Do you think Satan still has desires? You know, Satan still desires to have you that he may sift you as wheat. He says, but I have prayed for thee. My thinking was, well, why don't you just do something about the devil so I don't have to be shifted as wheat? That was my thought. That's what bothered me. But listen to this. He says, but I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. Now, we didn't get to it today because of time, but one of the ways to keep strong in troubled times is to keep your faith in God up. 
to keep your faith in. You might have experienced the worst tragedy, but you don't want to give up your faith. Because if you give up your faith, you're just trusting in yourself. But then he goes on to say, listen to this. He says, but I pray for thee that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. How did Peter fail Jesus? How, what was the sifting? He was accused of being a follower of Jesus. How many of you are not ashamed of Jesus? <laughs> You're afraid to raise your hand, huh? You're a follower of Jesus. There was a little uh, servant girl. Hey, you're one of those Galileans. You're one of his. I don't know the guy. Somebody else. Hey, you're, you're one of those guys that was with Jesus. I don't know him. The third time, I don't know what he said because I wasn't there. But the Bible says he swore, cursed. I don't know the man. I don't know the man. But, but he didn't stop there. He says, when you are converted, strengthen your brethren. You would think that denying Jesus would be the ultimate rejection. But you know what? He says, when you recover from your failure... I need you to strengthen your brethren. I need you. I need you. Like the winter needs the spring, you know, I need you. Jesus needs you. Some of you don't remember. <laughs> Hallelujah. Grace is looking at me like, she's being real sweet about it. But what's he singing? You had to be alive back in the 60s or 70s, something like that. But anyway, Jesus, once you have failed, he says, once you get over your failure and you come back to me, I need you to strengthen my brethren. I need you. I want you to encourage them. I want you to be somebody that I, you're somebody that I can use. Because you know what? There's somebody out there, else out there that's failed, that's keeping themselves away from the church, keeping themselves away from the brethren because they have sensed that they have failed and they are ashamed to come back. That's why Jesus, after he was resurrected from the dead, he says, go tell my disciples and Peter. Why? Because Peter needed a special invitation because he was in shame. Hallelujah. But God wants to break that shame. God wants to break that shame in the name of Jesus. Well, I'm here to tell you that Jesus Christ has made a way for you be, to be delivered from your shame from your fear, from your control. Jesus has made a way for you to come to him and be cleansed. The scripture says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship. We have fellowship with him, but we have fellowship one with another. That was another point. One of the ways to stay strong is to be among the believers. 
Hallelujah. I'm going to ask the healing team to come up. If you're here today and uh, maybe, you know, it could be that you feel like, well, you know, I failed. Well, one of the one of the ways that Satan keeps you trapped is by silence. We don't need a detailed we don't need a detailed description of your failure, but sometimes it's just good to say, "Man, I have blown it. I've missed it. I've sinned." We just need to say it. The Bible says, "If we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin." and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How, do we have any words? Left shoulder, left knee, inner aspect, and right hand stiffness and pain. Okay. Um, I have lower back, and I have a, a challenge of faith. The Lord's been speaking this to me. If you need a miracle, nothing's impossible with God, and it's time. So miracles are now. Amen. I had a thing with uh, my knee this week, and, and I sensed God telling me that somebody that needs uh, healing in their knee and their leg. But uh, as I heard the message, I think God wants to, uh, God has been encouraging us as Christians to stand tall, and, and some of you uh, want to stand tall and make this a, a a new starting point, and, and have a fresh anointing. I had hand and tiredness. Praise the Lord. Well, as you stand, we'll pray. Hallelujah. If you need Jesus, these people know how to lead, lead people to the Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, we just thank you and praise you in the name of Jesus. Lord God, that he's not on the cross, he's not in the tomb, he's seated at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us so that we can walk in victory, live in purity, and demonstrate works of righteousness. And Father, we thank you, Lord God, that we declare him Lord and Savior in Jesus' name as we go. Amen. God bless you.